Welcome, friends. This is the Art of Aliveness podcast, and I'm your host, Chrissy Marie. It's a space where we explore how to nurture life force energy through the path of creativity, curiosity, compassion, courage, and connection. Let's dance. back again and I'm coming to you from my car right now on the east coast where I live of the U.S. it has snowed and my partner is currently cooking in the kitchen making some noise and I wanted to get into the zone so I have warmed up my car which is still covered in snow and my wonder child really likes that I'm looking at all of these icy snow crystals on my front window whatever you call that window uh and we're just hanging out in this little cocoon me and you having a chat and this is a follow-up chat to my last podcast on alcohol and aliveness where i spoke about my relationship with alcohol and my decision to just cut it out just stop drinking stop playing myself personally um because my personal relationship with it was mm, it just wasn't serving and it was it was a struggle for me to trust myself uh, because it really inhibited my discernment anytime I would drink even though it was irregular I just wasn't finding a flow with it so we've nixed it and now I want to talk about how I connect to my wonder child without substances organically which I, I do quite often and uh, she wants more of that organic connection so This is going to be a personal process, a personal sharing of some of the tools that I've used. Also, some of the tools that have been super successful with a lot of my private clients. We are only scratching the surface today. There's so much to talk about in relation to the nuances of working with wonder, um, as well as the wounded child, who I will speak to. Often the wounded child is in the way of the wonder child the parts of us that have developed defenses uh, because they were shunned or dismissed or actively abused taken advantage of in childhood so the wonder child can be uh, it can be more nuanced and difficult to engage with at first Um, so take what serves you from this transmission leave the rest i trust if you're here you'll get something from it and Again, I'm, I'm trusting in the seeds that are being planted as well. Um, sometimes there's a seed planted and it sprouts immediately and sometimes it takes ages to sprout. Sometimes it never sprouts, but it leads to something else <laughs> that serves you. So um, I, that's what my intention and my declaration is. That's, that's the transmission I bring into these spaces when I share. So ah, the first of many podcasts on the wonder child, although it might not be the first. I think I have discussed the wonder child (laughs) quite often. Um, But let's review for those of us that are new to me, to the podcast. What is the essence of the wonder child? What do I mean when I say wonder child versus wounded child? 
So the wonder child, my understanding, how I define and give context to and journey with it is the essence, the energy, the frequencies of curiosity, of open-heartedness, of wide-eyed wonder, of the toddler discovering that they have toes for the first time, of all the moments in childhood when you ever looked at the back of a leaf under sunlight and just marveled at the veins and the artistry and the poetry of it. Um, the ways in which we saw patterns in the clouds, patterns where they weren't um, really obviously existing, but we were able to weave those in. It's levity and humor and delight in the mundane. It's the ability to pull beauty from things that we've seen over and over again and see them with new eyes, with humility and curiosity and a lack of pretense. And I believe we all have access to that energy. It might be underneath layers and layers of wounding. And it might erupt spontaneously from us. Often when we're engaging with our senses, like listening to certain songs or certain music, or if we're out in nature for any extended period of time, the wonder child will start to peek around corners and like, oh, hey, can I, mm, can I come play? <laughs> um, and I wanted to read a poem by Christopher Morley about oh let's see what is it called let me pull it up i thought i had it handy maybe i didn't maybe i deleted the tab that's open okay i'm gonna pause this and then i'm gonna come back with that poem okay i'm back <laughs> all right it's called to a child and i just want you to listen in and marinate and meditate on the words and let let whatever wants to soak in soak in just really feeling this opening your senses up to the poem Okay, get my poetry, <clears throat> my poetry voice on. <laughs> I'm cracking myself up. Okay. The greatest poem ever known is one all poets have outgrown. The poetry, innate, untold, of being only four years old. Still young enough to be a part of nature's great, impulsive heart. Born comrade of bird, beast, and tree, and unselfconscious as the bee. And yet, with lovely reason skilled, each day new paradise to build. A late explorer of each sense, without dismay, without pretense. In your unstained, transparent eyes, there is no conscience, no surprise. Life's conundrums you accept, your strange divinity still kept. Being that now absorbs you all, harmonious, unit, integral, will shred into perplexing bits, O oh, contradictions of the wits, and life that sets all things in rhyme may make you poet too in time. But there were days, O oh, tender elf, when you were poetry itself. <sighs> That last line gets me. There were days when you were poetry itself and you knew that at some intrinsic, uh, <laughs> see there's not even words because it is such a felt sense. And I have a picture of my inner child here with me. Um, well, I have a literal picture of myself as a child, probably around four or five years old. I have a, a uh, giant, <laughs> bulky, striped blue hat on. Looks like a painter's hat. I have some sort of wand in my hand. I can't tell exactly what it is. 
Uh, it looks like I'm wrapped in, um, oh, that might be my dad's shirt, nursing shirt, like a scrub, uh, which fits me like a dress. And it looks like I've pinned some sort of blanket as a cape and I have a mustache painted on. I've got a beard painted on, um, too rosy. <laughs> so adorable. I've got some blue happening above my eyebrow. I've just got paint all over my face, rosy cheeks. That's funny. I actually think my dad might have done that because uh, he's a jokester. But I just look just so happy and pleased with myself. <clears throat> and it's that. It's that essence of just being so pleased in the mess <laughs> and the exploration of creativity and curiosity. That's the essence of the wonder child. And uh, that's, for me, it's also a portal to intuition as well. So the more I engage with those elements... Uh, the more softer my body becomes, the more softer my nervous system becomes. I, I will probably do a podcast on flow, um, flow states at some point. And I was listening to um, a podcast. I think it was an Aubrey Marcus podcast. They were talking about flow. And one of the lines stuck with me, which is like flow. It's like active rest. It's a state where you are, you can be like refueling the tank um, and engaging with life in such a way that doesn't drain you. And so part of my work is learning and exploring how we each can bring that flow of the wonder child into the rest of our world, using it as a lens, a way of informing how we how we engage with things and also allowing us to take different perspectives. Sometimes it's really easy to get stuck in a certain perspective or story. And the magic of the wonder child is the capacity to look at things from multiple angles. And that is really... I believe my soul signature in this in this lifetime, in this world, I have the capacity of looking at things from multiple angles, panning out, seeing the bigger picture, and then coming back in and speaking to the different perspectives uh, in a way that people can hear. And in a way that I can hear too, like a, a way of communicating with myself so that I can have perspective and, and a sense of humor about this wild ride that we are all on. So... So let me talk about how I started connecting to the Wonder Child. Well, back a few years ago, I want to say four years ago, maybe now, what is time? It's, I don't know. Um, I was in a group membership program called Soul School with Alexi Panos, and we were journey a theme each month. Uh, we would have a book to read and worksheets to go through and a meditation and there'd be live videos. It was such a gorgeous offering. And I believe there was, I, I'm not sure if it was creativity the theme or it was specifically the inner child but I feel like it could have been both or either um, the invitation was to take a picture uh, find a picture of yourself as a child and to connect with your essence connect with the essence of the child and ask how can I connect with you and be with you in a more loving way or in a more present way moving forward what do you what do you desire to, what would be fun for you to do? What would stoke your curiosity and your wonder? Oh, how can I nurture you? And when I asked that of my inner child, it was abundantly clear. She was like, I want to dance more. I want to sing more. And I want to go outside in nature. And I want to color and I want to paint. <laughs> I want to craft. I want to be creative. So I made it a priority to schedule outdoor time. Isn't that crazy that we have to schedule <laughs> some outdoor time in this day and age? But um, yeah, 
uh, that I had to break some patterns of being inside <laughs> more than she wanted me to and schedule outdoor time, even if it was to just like sit outside and get fresh air and hit, feel the sun hitting my face. I started also, she nudged me to bringing plants into my space. I work really well with the spider plants and the, I think it's pothos plants. They're like big leafy ivy plants, really hard to kill. Perfect for me. Um, So I just have them riddled all over my house at this point, but I was starting to introduce plant life into the home. Um, I would start to spend time just studying the patterns in leaves and in rocks and engaging with the details, devouring the details of things that I would normally just brush by, like spending time focusing on the threads of the fabric in my sweater or the fabric on my steering wheel cover. Um, Again, looking at things in nature, really slowing down my senses when I eat and devouring softly and slowly that way leaning into senses my senses I learned were a portal to the present moment and quite often I would not be in the present moment I'd be dissociating or thinking about often I think about the future and so so I started to create that as a habit as a priority like asking hey what would be fun for you to do today oh what do you desire to explore so then I'd start to let myself go to antique shops and just wander I'd leave my phone in the car or not take it with me on a walk. I'd play these games of like leaving my house and pretending like it, the game would be like, I'm an alien on this planet. I've never been here before. It's like, what would, what would my neighborhood look like if I pretended I've never seen it before? And I would walk in fasci- like imagined fascination, which would lead to actual fascination because I'd start to notice things I'd never noticed before. Seeing things as new and novel and recognizing that things become new and novel when you choose to look at them that way. I'm going to say that again. Things things that feel mundane can become new and novel when you choose to look at them that way. When you choose to look at them through the eyes of a child, through the lens of humility and possibility and curiosity. And all of a sudden, details and sensory experiences and new ideas and oof, new connections start to erupt through the body, through the mind. And we become, <laughs> we become explorers of the mundane. We, where we, we're like soaking magic. I was like soaking magic out of the mundane and doing that very intentionally. Um, and recognizing that even if, for people who can't connect to their childhood, maybe there's some dissociation from trauma or they just don't remember or they're, they just don't remember having a happy childhood at all. You can still play with this perspective shift. You can still access wonder by deciding you've never seen your neighborhood before or walking into your home as if you've never walked into your home before and playing with like, oh, if you were the actor on a stage and they said, I want you to... Um, I want you to show me wonder, even just stepping into the act of wonder and fully immersing yourself in the frequency of that will create an effect of, wow, I haven't stepped into this room before. So I would play little games like that. I'd play little games where I'd um, lie upside down and I'd stare at the room from 
my couch just like with my head upside down I used to do that all the time as a kid where I would lie on the grass and I'd look at and I'd imagine the sky being the floor and the landscape being the ceiling and I would do that in my room as well like in my in the rooms in my home I would do that again just a shift in perspective Oh, I'd also connect to my senses and I'd ask myself, oh, what evokes curiosity and wonder and pleasure in my senses? So I started getting curious, like, oh, what are some of the smells that I really loved uh, to smell as a child? Some of those being um, like the smell of cleaning solution, but like the lemon, kind of like the, um, oh, what's the brand? Is it Pledge? I don't know. But so I, then I would go out and I buy like wax melts that were infused with essential oils that smelled like lemon balm and basil. And I'd diffuse those or I'd, I'd melt the waxes and then my room would smell that way. And it would evoke these like, oh, this settling of the nervous system. I love the smell of sunscreen. <laughs> you can't get uh, essential oils that smell like sunscreen, but I have found some sprays or some some melts that kind of evoke that and I use that to evoke my wonder child the essence of my wonder child all sorts of smells really that I really enjoy and I would just invest in scent uh, I'd also get curious about okay what sounds evoke wonder and curiosity or a sense of like mm, settling in and and also for me my wonder child is very connected to nature many of the people I work with that's the case as well so getting curious about what sounds in nature are you drawn to? Is it birds? Is it the sound of running water? Is it the sound of crackling fire or rain? What elements, what sounds of the natural world evoke a sense of, oh yeah, resonance, remembrance within you? And making it a point to like even in the morning or on your way to bed, like playing some of those sounds, like connecting to the wild inside you through sound has been so important for me. Oh, and then sense as well, like sensation, kinesthetic, like touch. Um, for me, bubbles have been fun. I know that's not really touch. It's more visual. Let's All right, let's do visual then since that's where we're heading. Um, prismic things, anything that evokes like prismic um, rain, rainbow, like bubbles, like the essence of bubbles, anything that has that iridescent shimmery quality to it I'm just my wonder child is fascinated by so I bought some prisms and I put them in the window and they reflect rainbows uh, if you watch my videos on social media sometimes you'll see lots of like little colors just swirling around the room and that's what that is it's the rainbows it's the prisms in the window bubbles I would blow bubbles <laughs> have them on hand in my car um fidgets can be fun like little squishy fidgets Something that evokes, again, a sense of like, ooh, kin um, kinetic sand can be really fun. But if you like, you're not looking to like, oh, I don't want to really go spend money on that, like a rock outside. Just find a rock that whose texture feels really, uh, mm, just evokes curiosity and is soothing and just play with that. Stare at it. Look at all the, the nooks and the, and the crevices of the rock. Food, right? Like the way we eat our food. Like I enjoy a practice of taking things like cranberries or um, like dried cranberries or raisins and just like seeing how slowly I can eat them, just letting them essentially dissolve in my mouth. It's also an act of patience. My, my wounded elements and my wounded child have been conditioned into like, gotta go fast, gotta finish, gotta do boom, 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 boom. Uh, it leads to a lot of overeating, a lot of eating past my full point. 
And so that's also a lovely uh, practice of slowing down and marinating in the moment, which is, again, a signature of the wonder child. So taking your food and eating it really slow can be a fun practice. (sighs) There's a book called Sense. Let me find um, the author so I can credit credit the author. I believe it's Russell something. I'm going to just open up my Kindle. I'm not prepared. But essentially, while I'm doing that, I'll just speak into uh, what it is about. He talks about the science of the senses and how we can use senses like scent um, and things that are visual, uh, color, scent, touch, taste, shape, aesthetic, physical aesthetics to evoke certain energies within us and that there is a science there's there's some um I don't I don't know if I want to say universal but like widely studied like this is what this represents and this is what this evokes in most people so um, let me go to my kindle cloud reader that's what I want to do here we go and it's just a fascinating fascinating book that is is essentially validating my intuitive journey with connecting to the wonder child by backing it with science and speaking to um, little things like if you listen or if you smell, um, if you put a scent around that smells more like lemon and lime, you're more likely to focus and feel feel cheerful. And I know as somebody who I struggle to focus very often as a child has been very like flighty and my attention often shifts pretty quite pretty quickly that I intuitively went towards that lemon scent and would diffuse that through the house and so there's lots of little things and it might for those of you that feel called to that book uh, could help inform your connection to the wonder child and discover um, how do yeah, I'm losing I'm losing my train of thought because now I just pulled the book open. It's by as I'm talking about my intention. <laughs> you guys are like witnessing this in real time. This is my brain. Russell Jones is the author. And the last thing I'm going to say about it is check it out if you feel called. It's an excellent um, permission piece. And it's very informative of, around how to use senses to evoke different types of energy. I got through that. Okay, big breath. Here we are. (laughs) So the the next piece I wanted to share is is a practice that a lot of my clients use. They found it to be really supportive in connecting to the wonder child. And that is having a devotional altar where you place a picture of yourself as a child or something that represents a picture of yourself. And then you surround that picture or you adorn the altar with objects that would feel uh, really delicious for your wonder child. Um, So you could focus on the way that an object feels and add it to the altar because it evokes curiosity because when you touch it, you're like, oh, this is amazing. I have some dirt on my altar. It's actually on my client altar. Um, But my wonder child decided she wanted that just so I can touch the dirt and connect to the earth when I want to. Um, I have things like rocks and certain crystals that evoke, they have like that prismic sheer on them, sheen on them. You can put plants on the altar, any, anything really. It could be, um, figurines, could be crayons, whatever. 
but essentially just creating an altar that feels like a little reprieve, a little playground for the wonder child to just engage in their senses. And something I've found supportive is to sit at the altar or connect any time of the day, really, but at the end of the day, connecting and, and praising the child inside, like for anything you did that day to connect anything, like if that child was your own physical child, um, how would you get on their level and speak to them? And for me, it's it's a lot of like, oh my gosh, I'm so proud of you for getting up and stretching and connecting to your body. Like, oh, what a beautiful thing you did today. What a beautiful way. Um, we collaborated and, and we got to sing together and I really felt you moving through me in the depth of your expression with the voice. Thank you for uh, reminding me to make silly faces when I was feeling stressed out. Thank you for reminding me to wiggle and to talk in these silly voices when I find that I'm getting too serious. Thank you for, <laughs> and you just I just go on and on. And if there's moments throughout the day where I felt stress and the wounded child arose, I got a little burp there. Uh, (laughs) uh, Then I would also commune in that way and just acknowledge like, wow, that was a challenge and we moved through it together. I'm so proud of you. You are absolutely incredible. And so this is where the dance and the relationship between the wonder child and the wounded child feels very interwoven. As I mentioned at the beginning, the wounded, the wounded child, the parts of us that have built up defense around being misunderstood, being um, actively abused, being dismissed, being unseen, being oppressed. Those layers need to feel safe in order to allow the softening that occurs uh, with the, with the uh, wonder child. And so when I'm speaking to the wonder child, I'm also speaking to the wounded child. I'm praising all of these elements of my smaller self the same way I would acknowledge my own child. And yeah, developing a sense of trust and compassion with the wounded child is just as important as working with the wonder child. So I want to offer some questions that I like to ask these smaller layers and I can, you can ask them to the, to the parts of you that feel unsafe and insecure. And you can also ask them to the parts of you that are just ready to play and just, oof, want, like chomping at the bit to get out there. So I invite you to write these down if you feel called. Simple questions. Hey, how are you feeling? What's, what's up? How are you feeling? <laughs> what do you need from me right now? in order to feel connected to me? Is there anything you need to hear? Is there anything you'd like me to do in this now moment in order to feel safer or in order to be given permission to lean in to your full expression? Is there anything you need to be reminded of right now? How can I, how can I tune into you and be with you deeper today? And what would feel really fun for us to do together today? And when you start asking one, two, or all of these questions to the layers of you, 
that want to play and the layers of you that don't want to play because they don't feel safe, you start to establish more safety, trust, and teamwork between you and your inner village, between you and your inner community, the children that are growing up alongside you. Uh, At one point, I had a list of things that I desired to hear as a child. And I would also um, speak these words of affirmation to myself. So sometimes when the child, when we ask the child, hey, what do you need to hear? It might not always be apparent. We might not always get an answer right away. Um, So I've done some journaling processes around that and gotten curious. It was also really helpful for me to see examples of things, um, of phrases that I might have wanted or needed to hear. So I'm going to share some of these with you now. Some of the things that I needed to hear more of as a child were, you are so wise. Your voice matters. You have nothing to prove. You actually do know what's best for you. You're allowed to feel and express your emotions. And your emotions completely make sense. And so if ever I was feeling disconnected from myself, if I ever felt like I was going into self-abandonment or self-rejection, and then I was able to access that question of like, hey, what do I need to hear right now? I'd go to that list and I'd reiterate whichever one was most resonant in the moment. Sometimes all I need to hear is, I do know what's best for me. I have nothing to prove. And just affirming that. (sighs) Ah... (laughs) I feel like I've offered a lot and um, in the beginning I was worried about not offering enough and now I feel like I've offered maybe too much (laughs) not too much in the sense of like oh my god Um, too much and like actually all right you know what I'm just gonna allow see okay I'm gonna real life we're gonna do parts work (laughs) a part of me feels as though they've offered too much a part of me is afraid of overwhelming the audience (laughs) with all of the information a part of me is projecting the tendency to try to take on everything and do everything all at once onto my audience right now (laughs) a part of me also trusts that my audience can lean into this with grace and intuition and take only the one or two nuggets that feel the most resonant and run with those. A part of me trusts that oh, there is a divine process to this sharing. People will come back to it if they need to. And that in the sharing of this process right now and just airing out these parts and naming these parts, there is a permission piece being granted uh, for anybody that is struggling with the parts of them that want to do it all right now. And something that's moving through me for somebody who's here is that there's nothing to fix and nowhere to be. And less can be so much more. Okay, now that I've settled those parts, (laughs) um, you've just witnessed a very small process that I take myself through, a small fraction of that process, which now that it's come through, I am feeling called to talk about it. So I'll have a separate podcast for that. That is one of the ways in which I honor and acknowledge uh, the wonder and the wounded child and all the different layers. Mm, okay so 
I also wanted just to offer one more thing. I do have notes. So <laughs> part of this is me looking at my notes and being like, ooh, there's more. Actually, no. No. I'm going to honor the, uh, I'm going to honor that. It feels, it feels complete. Truthfully, it feels complete. And uh, there's a part of me that wants to check all the boxes of my notes. And there's a part of me that's like, no, you don't have to. So what I would love if you are served by this podcast is, um, and if you feel called to share, please tag me if you share the podcast. And it would be wonderful to know what one or two things have stuck out the most for you. Um, if there is an action that you're going to take in response to the podcast, I'd love to know what that is as well. <sighs> if you are interested in going deeper as well, please send me an email at theartofaliveness at gmail.com. One of the one of the things that have been really serving a lot of the people that I come into contact with, come into dance with, is these inner child alchemy sessions that I offer. And while I have these longer term programs, I've got PRISM, which is this deeper dive into integrating the wonder and the wounded child into your purpose work. Uh, often people just want a little taste of the medicine to see what's possible when, when two heart-centered folks step into a container that is um, calling us into courage <laughs> and deepening in connection. So these inner child alchemy sessions are a beautiful way to get a feel for the work that I do and how to deepen within these offerings. So only if you're really feeling called and you have a desire to deepen your integration and you know that you work well with accountability and witnessing and support, uh, you can send me a message at theartofaliveness at gmail.com. Those sessions are 222 and they go for about 75 to 90 minutes. And we do a lot of energy clearing and excavation and exploration around where you're holding resistance to connecting to the wonder child. Often there are patterns of rejection, um, loops around rejection, rumination, patterns of resistance to control and surrender. I work a lot. <laughs> I tend to draw on clients that hold a lot of the same programs as I do, which are like perfectionism and people pleasing. And so there's a lot of deep work to be done there. So trusting, um, yeah, trusting those who are feeling that call to reach out and to get what they need in that respect. And also... I love just feedback. So if you want to email me with feedback and be like, "Ooh, I'd love for you to expand on this piece of what you spoke to, then that's also super helpful. I am a generator in human design. So knowing what people desire to hear from, from me is very helpful. Uh, you can find me on the socials at, on Instagram at come alive with Chrissy Marie. My podcast insiders group on Facebook is the Art of Aliveness dash podcast insiders free group to join. You just get uh, pinged every time there's a new podcast. So if you're looking to be on top of that, then please feel free to jump in there. You can find me at the Art of Aliveness dot com as well. Mm, and yeah, I'm really feeling I'm really feeling the love for this podcast. <laughs> my wonder child's like yeah this was great thank you sending love to the children in you to the parts of you that may still feel unsafe unseen in this world 
Uh, I'm just going to speak some love into those parts. Again, take what serves, leave the rest. Mm, your process is not a burden. Your process is not a burden. Your voice matters and your perspective matters. And your expression matters. And you do know what's best for you. And you are deeply loved. And you are love. Your capacity for discernment is infinite. Your life matters. And you are on purpose. And with that, my friends, I'm sending lots of love. Until next time, play on.